starting in verse 10. This is the word of the Lord. It says, And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and uh, sorry, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish, like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you. So shall you perish, because he would not, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and ask now that as we open up this uh, scripture from the Old Testament, that you would open up our ears and our hearts for what you have for us, that you would help us to grow in understanding, help us to learn what it means to uh, remember you, Lord, this morning. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. You guys watch Star Wars? Familiar with the movies? Familiar with the lore? I mean, there's books and comic books and movie after movie and cartoon series after cartoon series. And I mean, Star Wars is a big deal, right? And I'm a giant nerd. I won't deny it. I, I love Star Wars. And one of my favorite stories is the story of Darth Vader. Darth Vader is one of the most iconic villains in cinematic history. You don't believe me, look it up. He is. You think of a bad guy, most people go, oh, Darth Vader. He's the bad of bads, right? But he wasn't always like that, right? And knock on the prequels all day, you know, because there's some people that aren't a fan of the prequels to Star Wars, the newer-ish ones that tell the story of how a little boy named Anakin eventually becomes this iconic villain, Darth Vader. But the story is interesting because of this. Um, Anakin Skywalker like he didn't choose the life that he was given he was gifted it like if you watch the first uh, movie and he just happens to work at a shop and I'm kind of giving stuff away so if you haven't seen it and aren't familiar I'm giving you the I'm giving the story away right now alright sorry spoiler alert alright He happens to work in a shop fixing uh, ships and stuff where these Jedi happen to go in order to find a part for their ship so they can get it fixed and move on. And he happens to be working there. A Jedi happens to notice him and go, there's something about this guy. He has this kid. He has the Force. 
right? It wasn't nothing he did. It was just something that happened to happen to him, right? And all of a sudden, he's thrust into this story where he goes from being just this little kid uh, working as a slave in this mechanic shop, if you will, to being a, a Jedi Knight. And he was gifted this, right? Like, he didn't choose it. It was given to him. And he joins the Jedi Order, and he becomes a Jedi, and the story goes that his eventual fall into the dark side of the Force, becoming the bad guy Darth Vader, is one where he forgets the truths of the Jedi way, and he begins to focus instead on himself and on his fears and his fear of losing someone, and that's what drives him to the dark side, right? He's driven to the dark side of the Force because he forgot that in order to be a Jedi, you have to let go of self, right? There's a lot of Eastern mysticism in that. But the point is, is that he had forgotten the Jedi way. He'd begin to focus only on himself. He began to focus only on uh, this idea of this fear of losing and loss. And that's what drives him to the dark side of the force. That's how he becomes Vader. And that eventually leads to his peril, right? Uh, the last of this uh, portion that you know turns Anakin into Darth Vader is when Obi-Wan and him get into this epic fight and he eventually perishes, right? And it's of his own accord because he got a little arrogant. He thought he had all this power that he'd gotten from the dark side of the force and Obi-Wan essentially cuts him to pieces and wins. And so he had believed this lie, or sorry, he had uh, forgotten this truth he had forgotten this idea of the Jedi way. He had turned to this self-focused uh, thing where he begins to fear, and then he turns to the dark side of the Force, right? And it all started with him slowly, not right away, but slowly abandoning uh, the truths of the Jedi way. The Jedi way that, again, go back to the beginning of the story, like he didn't work his way to become a Jedi. It was just kind of given to him. It was a gift. It wasn't of his own accord that he became the Jedi that he was, right? As we go through the story, the, the second half of Deuteronomy, sorry, am I having technical difficulties? There we go. As we go through uh, the second half of Deuteronomy, um, last week, Eric, whatever, my slides aren't working, um, Jeremy, I will give you a thumb up when I want you to switch the slides. I apologize. I have an old iPad. So um, roll with it, I will. Last week, Eric talked about this idea in the first part of Deuteronomy 8 where uh, Moses is essentially preaching a sermon, and he goes, all right, we brought you through the desert, and God did it as a test to bring humility into you, to make you humble, to change you, and make you realize your dependence on him, right? He said, man does not live by bread alone, right, but by the very words of God. They were provided for in the desert by God, and that was done for them to teach them to rely on God, to humble them and make them realize that the only reason they survived the wilderness was because of God and because of the gifts and the provisions that God gave them, right? And so for us, last week, we left with the challenge, right, to uh, be reminded of the fact that when we go through trials and hardships, when we go through hurts and wrongs, that those things are there 
for God to use to teach us and to humble us and to point us to him that we might rely on him, right? So what happens in the good times? What happens when we go through times of blessing and, and, have, and, and we go through uh, times of having plenty, right? And that's what we're going to look at this, uh, this morning. This is the second half of Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 10. Go ahead. Perfect. Since I don't have the iPad, I will get this out. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. So, to start off, Moses is going. You have just gone through this wilderness. You've just gone through this humbling experience. And now, uh, as the story of Deuteronomy goes, they're about to enter the promised land. Right? So, like, when Moses finishes up this sermon, he's essentially going to go and die. He's going to pass over leadership to someone else. And that someone else is going to lead them in to take over the land that God had promised them. And so they're getting ready to enter this land. And Moses goes, you've got the the desert behind you. You've got the wilderness behind you. That's done now. And you're preparing for this next trek of this adventure we're on together, right? And he wants to give them some reminders. And he says, you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord. So the correct response, if you will, the thing that uh, Moses is telling the Israelites to do right now, in this moment, now that they've made it through the desert, is to bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you, right? So the first thing that we need to know this morning is that when we are in good and when we are in plenty and when we are in health, that it is from the Lord and God calls us to thank him, right? to bless his name, to make much of him. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I I consider myself a a blessed person. I live in a a country that gives me the freedom to uh, openly preach and openly pray and openly be uh, a servant of Christ, right? I, I, uh, I consider myself broke most of the time, but I'm really not that poor in comparison to the rest of the world. I complain when my pantry's full. Okay, guys? I, mean, I can't stuff any more food in this pantry. It's so full. I'm blessed. And, the, and I didn't, like, yeah, we can say, okay, I work hard. I do these things. But I wouldn't uh, have the ability to do any of that if God had not first created me and put me in this time and made me, and made me to where I'm at now, right? And the same goes for you. And the same goes for the Israelites. As they're about to enter this land, Moses is reminding them and reminding us that the proper response to blessing is thankfulness and gratitude, right? And so he's going to move on and he's going to go, here's what you don't do, guys. Here's what you're not going to do. This is, this, this is what you shouldn't do. Uh, starting in verse 11. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. And so here's what he's doing. He's He's going, okay, the first response, that's what you want to do. You want to respond to blessing with 
gratitude, with thankfulness. Here's what you don't want to do. And this is what um, he's saying. He's essentially going that if you forget the Lord your God, he's, a say, he's saying if you forget, you, for, you stop following these statutes and these rules that I've given you. And really the purpose of these statutes and these laws and the, these commandments that they were given in the Old Testament, the purpose of them was to point them back to who? To themselves? To point them back to, oh, look how good of a rule follower I am? No. The purpose of the law was to point them back to God, to point them back to their dependence on him, and to remind them of where they came from and who got them out of slavery in Egypt, right? And and so he's saying the response that you're not going to take is that of forgetting and neglecting to do these things because when you neglect to do these things and you get plenty, right, like he's talking like you're going to get into this land and you're going to have these really nice houses, right? You're going to have plenty of food. You're going to have flocks and flocks of the animals that you're in charge of taking care of, like sheep and cows and all that. Like you're going to have plenty. And the improper response or the incorrect response to that is to, says it right here, then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God. What he means by this is that when someone lifts up their heart, they essentially go, and it'll explain it further on in the text, but essentially it'll go, look at all this stuff I did. Like, look, at, look how good I'm doing, right? Look, look, look at all this wealth I have. Man, I worked hard to get this. I deserve this. this is, look at what all of the things I have accomplished, right? I think it's hard for us to hear that sometimes because that's kind of the American way, is it not? Right? I don't want to step on toes, but the idea of uh, maybe the American dream is we work hard, we earn, and then look at our fruit of our labors. I bought a boat. I bought a house. I pay a mortgage, so I don't essentially own the house. But I own the house, right? And, and so for Moses here, he was essentially reminding them that if you forget the Lord, you will lift your heart up. You will be swollen up with pride and you'll go, hey, look at, look at all the stuff I have. I earned this. I did this. This is on me. Me. And we forget the Lord. And then he reminds them, he goes, you forget your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. See, what he's doing is, is he's reminding them of, again, the things that God did for them to bring them back to who? To, to God, not to themselves. To lower their hearts, if you will. In the wilderness with fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, he brought you the water with the flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know. That he might humble you and test you to do the good. To to do you good in the end, sorry. And, and what's the point? He's again, like he essentially already said this in the first half of the chapter, but he's reminding them again and again and again and again, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be about to enter this promised land. You wouldn't be in plenty or about to be in plenty for their case if God had not first gotten you out of Egypt. If God hadn't at first put up with your complainingness in the desert and kept you there for 40 years to humble you. God was the one who did all that. He is the one who protected you. He's the one who fed you. He's the one who gave you water from a rock, right? 
He performed these miracles not so that we can go, wow, look how awesome I am. I have this, right? No, he did it to point uh, them to him. Verse 17 says, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. Right? We've already kind of talked about this. If someone lifts up their heart, neglects the things of the Lord, forgets God, they puff themselves up and they think, Well, this is on me. I did this. I earned my way. I made this possible. I worked hard. All of these possessions I have are from me, from my hand, right? And what's Moses saying here? Well, let's read on. He'll, I'll tell you what he says, right? He says, and I'll just read it again. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And so again, he points them back to the Lord. He goes, don't forget. Don't neglect. Don't get complacent. Don't neglect these things because when you do, it will lead to your peril. It will lead to your destruction. And he's going to get to that in a second. I think a good example, because obviously if we go to the rest of the Old Testament, they pretty much go, like they don't live in gratitude, right? They go on and conquer the land. They get plenty. I can give you some examples. David, King David, man after God's own heart. This guy was awesome. Except one day he started to neglect the things he should have been doing as king. And one day he was sitting up on his castle looking at his kingdom and he was like, look at all this. My kingdom, right? And all of a sudden, he notices something, right? He notices a girl bathing on a roof, and she, he's like, "I gotta have me some of that." You know why? My kingdom. And what happens? You guys know the story, right? He gets this lady pregnant. He tries to hide it by eventually killing one of his faithful soldiers, like he was trying to hide the fact that he impregnated another woman's, you know, another man's wife, and he did it. By murdering, to try and cover it up, right? What had happened there with David? David had forgotten his duties as king, what he needed to be doing, and he had forgotten where all of that wealth had come from. He was focused on himself, and that led to his eventual peril, if you will, right? Because that's the warning at the end of this text, is it not? And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Right? That's the warning. It's a somber warning, isn't it? And of course, Israel, throughout the history, they go through and do it over and over and over and over again. They don't heed Moses' warning at all, really. They forget. I mean, read Judges sometime. And they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. That's a common phrase in the book of Judges. They did what was right in their own eyes. They thought they were the ones with the power and control. Look at the kingdom I have amassed for myself. Look at the things I have amassed for myself. Neglecting to live in a heart of gratitude that thanked God for the things that they had because it was really God that gave it to him in the first place. Right? It's a somber warning. And this idea of 
you will surely perish. I think in order to understand that, um, Romans chapter 1. In it, Paul is talking, obviously, to the church of Rome. And he's explaining the gospel. And at the beginning, in order for us to understand the gospel, we have to first understand our need of it. Therefore, we have to understand sin and God's wrath and justice, right? And so he starts off talking about that in Romans chapter 1. I'll read a couple of verses for you. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God and give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And so essentially what happens here? This idea, this threat that Moses gives them, if you forget the Lord, if you neglect the things he's told you to do, you will perish. This idea of perishing isn't uh, like God's going to come down and like fiery brimstone burn you up or smush you, right? God's wrath is revealed in a different way. And it's scarier than that because this is what it is. God's going to say, okay, have it your way. Do what you want, right? Have it your way. If we, uh, if we look at, you know, David, he got what he wanted, right? He got Bathsheba, right? Probably had a good time, I imagine. But in the end, what did it lead to? It led to death. It led to destruction. He eventually lost a kid over it, right? Now, What do we do with all this, right? I feel like I've just been up here going, you better obey God or he's going to get you. And you better stop living the American dream where you believe that everything you have and own and all the land and all your crops and all the stuff that you own is on you because it's not, right? I feel like I've been saying that. Am I getting that across? Am I coming off mean? Probably not. It's hard to take my friendly face as mean anyways. And it seems like that, that as we go through this text, yes, we are called to take the warning seriously because it does apply to us today. Right? So I can ask you, do you live a life of gratitude? Right? And I don't just mean like, you know, someone gets hurt and you're like, oh, thank God, nothing worse happened, right? Just kind of say it under your breath. Right? I'm talking like, do you mean it? Do you live a life where you were like, I would not be here unless God had put me here. I would not exist. God put the marrow in my bones, the muscles and the tendons around my bones, and, and, and put me here physically. He brought me up in this time. He, he brought me to this point where I'm up here standing before you today. It's all on God, and I need to learn to be thankful and remember that. And we need to be remembered of that somber warning. But do we, boot per, uh, sorry, do we do it perfectly? No. No, we don't. Right? And so this isn't meant to be like a, oh, you better. Rawr. No. 
Here's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be, yes, a somber warning. Like on one end, yes, I want to encourage you guys this morning to be thankful and to remember God. Don't forget and don't neglect his teaching or his ways or the things and the lifestyle that he calls you to live. Like, yes, you have to do that. But the gospel, the beauty of the gospel is that you and I are a bunch of failures. We forget, we neglect, we become complacent, and God still saves us. Right? You look at the history of the Old Testament. Jesus was the perfect Israel. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Jesus came and didn't neglect. Jesus came and didn't forget. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that we were unable to live, that Israel was unable to live. They were not able to live up to, to the warning that, that Moses gave them. <clears throat> and we aren't either. Because in our hearts, we, I mean, he says, follow the statutes and the laws and the commandments I have given you today. And Israel, read the Old Testament. They were unable to do it. They couldn't. They couldn't live up to that standard. Neither can you. Neither can I. But Jesus did. Jesus came and fulfilled the things we couldn't fulfill to make us the people we couldn't become without him. The beauty of the gospel is, is that, yes, you will forget, Christian. You will. You will become complacent. You will have times where you're just like, Am I even a Christian? I just keep doing these horrible things. I keep forgetting and I've led myself down this path of peril. And is he even there? Has he left me? Because if he has, I deserve him to. No, he hasn't. You will forget, but the beauty of the gospel is that he hasn't, right? Like, look at the text. Let me find it. Sorry, I lost the spot. Anyways, here's the point. Sorry. The point is, is that despite Israel's unfaithfulness, God was still faithful. Right? God still fulfilled his promise despite them uh, being uh, not able to fulfill their part of the bargain. Right? They never did. They never followed the law perfectly. And did God punish them for it? Oh, yeah. But he still fulfilled the promise eventually. Ultimately in Christ. Christ was the fulfillment of the Old Testament, am I right? And so what we need to see is that despite our forgetfulness, God is faithful. And God doesn't give up on us. And so then what do we do, right? We've been reminded that we're forgetful, right? I pretty much just told you all a bunch of dummies that forget the Lord all the time, right? And I'm mostly speaking to myself. But I've also told you that God is faithful. God doesn't give up. God, uh, does, he fulfills his promises. He's a promise keeper, right? Um, in Psalm 103, so we're asking the question, what, what do we do? What do we do? Like, what do we do with this? How do we, how do we move forward, right? How do we live a life that is in gratitude to the Lord? How do we live a lifestyle where we have a heart that says, I wouldn't be here without you, Lord. And I'm so thankful. And I'm so, and well, we remember. 
and we, and we pray and we talk to ourselves. And this is what I mean by talk to ourselves. Psalm 103, I'm going to read a couple of verses, starting in verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I really could just read this whole psalm, but the point is, is who is the psalmist talking to in this psalm? He's talking to himself. He's saying, bless the Lord, me, O my soul, me, bless the Lord. And so for us this morning, as we look at the other half of Deuteronomy, yes, we need to learn to be thankful. Yes, we need to be aware of the dangers of wealth and prosperity. And I'm not saying like, what I mean by that is that we live in plenty. We do. In America, yeah, like I said earlier, I complain that my pantry's full, right? I got enough food that I'm like, ah, what am I going to do with this? It's, ah, right? First world problems, am I right? The warning is, is don't let that wealth and that prosperity so consume you and so become about you that you forget where it comes from. Because, we, again, we start to believe the lie that it came from us and my working hands, my hard-working hands. So that, yes, we do need to do that. Yes, we need to be aware of God and be thankful for him and everything that he gives us. And yes, we need to be aware of the idols that we create in our life, right? There is this idea at the end of this passage where he says, back in Deuteronomy, where he goes, um, don't go off and serve other gods. Don't go off and worship other gods. Now, for us, that doesn't mean we're going to like bow down to a metal statue or something. And I don't know, maybe you do that. I don't think you do. But the point is, is what is ultimate in your life? Is your ability the ultimate? I wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. Is the stuff you accumulate your ultimate? Right? Is my family my ultimate? Are all of these things that I have in this life, are they what matter to me most of all? The encouragement here is that by having a heart of gratitude towards God and remembering that all things come from him and not forgetting and not neglecting to uh, like live life for him, we begin to realize that we are... Uh, well, as John Calvin says, and I know we're a Wesleyan church, but I'll, I'll quote John Calvin. It's cool. He says our hearts are an idol factory, right? We are prone to worship things that are not God. We're prone to forget. And as I've already said, the beauty of the gospel is that he changes our hearts. And he points us in the right direction. And so then now our lives serve to remind ourselves Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Don't neglect. Don't forget. We have to get in his word. We have to talk to him. We have to go to him. And not because if we don't, he'll smush us, but because he loves us and we're in relationship with him. He saved us. He made us his kids. 
We've been adopted into his family, and that's the best news. And so the question I have for you this morning is, have you forgotten? And if you have, like, one, there's forgiveness. Come back. Remember. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul. Run back to to him. My encouragement for you is that as we go through life, we will forget, right? We'll neglect and we'll begin to go down this path towards the dark side, if you will. You know, going back to my Star Wars thing from the beginning. Would the story of Star Wars been a little different had, had Anakin not neglected his duties as a Jedi? Like, he never would have become the coolest villain ever, right? And actually, that would be a bad story. So I'm glad it turned out that way. But for us, we need to be reminded that in order for us to continue uh, to grow in our faith, we need to not worship our stuff. We need to worship him. And we need to be thankful because all the stuff we have is from him. All right? Let's go ahead and pray, and I'll let you all be. Father God, thank you so much for your word. I pray that this message pricks ears and encourages, despite its imperfections, that it um, is used to bring you glory and to bring people back to you, to bring people uh, to understanding their need of you, to, to help people to understand that Um, all things come from you and that we can trust you and that you love us and that you know what's best for us and that you would remind us of that this morning uh, through this sermon. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a good week.